If you had the chance to make all your dreams come true, wouldn't you take it? My dream has always been to host my own talk show, and in today's day and age, why not? So here we are, sharing stories that inspire, motivate, educate, and entertain. Welcome to Casey's Corner. Welcome to Casey's Corner. I'm your host, Casey Potts. I am so thrilled to be here. It is... It's an exciting episode for me to share with you guys, and it's for a few reasons. I mean, I keep saying that I all I want to do, my goal, is that I want to be the resource that I wish I had when I was younger, you know, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, and I'm really excited to be able to bring to you the things that interest me, that inspire me, that motivate me, and I just really hope that it does the same for you. My guest today is someone who for sure has been motivating and inspiring me as I've been watching his Instagram, um, as I've read his books. He is is a fitness guru. He is a celebrity trainer. He is someone who has transformed bodies. And I say that with the caveat of we are all always a work in progress, whether that be mentally, physically, spiritually, whatever that might be. And for me, working on my body is something that's important to me to get to my best health. And Honestly, the tips and tricks that my guest Steve Zim is about to share are some that are just, you can apply them in whatever measure you want throughout your life, whether you want to just pull something from the nutrition aspect or something from the workout elements that he shares. Like There is definitely something that you can bring into your day-to-day routine from the tips that Steve shares throughout the entire interview. So please take your time, listen, take some notes, check out his books. I cannot wait to hear what you think of this interview. Check it out. Hey. Hey, how are you? I'm so good. How are you? Yeah, good. Thank you for inviting me. I'm really happy to be here. Oh my gosh, I'm thrilled. And I have to tell you that... um, I discovered we have a mutual friend. Oh. As yeah, as I was researching and looking on your website this morning, I saw the name of a dear friend of mine, Ryan Stromsborg. Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> Isn't that so funny? So I when I moved out to LA, um it's ten years ago now, uh Ryan's partner Justin, do you know Justin? Yeah, Siegel? I know him I don't know him well, but I yeah. know him, yeah. So Justin's like my big brother uh, out here. And I started working for them at Park for like three years in their office. They were the best. I It's so funny. And it doesn't surprise me that you trained Ryan either. Because I used to call Ryan a Ken doll. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that yeah. he was like Ken. He walked in and he was so shiny and like so sparkly. <laughs> he is one of the nicest human beings I know. A hundred percent. Him and Sam both. They are yeah, just... The- that family's amazing. So when I saw his name, it made me so happy because I was like, yes, good people surround themselves with good people. <laughs> <laughs> he's fantastic. He's one of my favorite humans. I'm telling you, he's great. And I was so lucky you got to know him. That's, I mean, it's, it's crazy. Yeah, uh, yeah, very fantastic. well. I, I adore him, his family, everyone over there. So yeah. when I saw that, I was even more excited to talk with you. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. I trained him for years when he played for the uh, Blue Jays. Yeah. Um, yeah, I trained him for many, many years. Yeah, for those who are just tuning in, I actually had the pleasure of working with one of Steve's clients, Ryan Stromsorg. He's a former professional athlete for the Major League Baseball League, and 
like he just said, nicest human on the planet. So <laughs> yeah, yep, agreed. Well, I know you're a busy guy and I know you've been bouncing around the country too. So I want to yeah. dive into it. And I just yeah. want to ask you how on earth is it that you got into this whole crazy fitness world? Oh, I grew up in a gym. I mean, ever since I was 12 and uh, the neighborhood gym back in Boston where I grew up allowed me to come in. Uh, I was just always in the gym. You're from Boston? Yeah. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm from Newton originally. Do you know okay, that area? I grew up in, uh, I can't say I'm from Boston. I grew up down towards the Cape in Mattapoisett. Oh, yeah. Super tiny yeah. little town, but I went to Emerson. Oh, I went to Boston College. I graduated oh, from see, there. See, look at it. I knew yeah. I liked you even more. <laughs> All right, so, so Boston native, growing yeah. up in gyms, what else, how'd this all come to be? Uh, so uh, then when I graduated college, I moved out to Los Angeles. And the first place I ended up was in a gym working. And it was a gym that was a private trainer gym. And they had a ton of trainers. There were all these celebrities in there. And I was watching all these people train. And I thought to myself, wow, uh, I, I could do this. Uh, I could really do this. And so I went and I got certified. And I had developed the whole system for myself when I was in college. And the way that came about was I, I've written four books. Uh, the first book was called Hot Point Fitness. And then it's gone on from there. And then the last book that I wrote is the one you're holding, uh, Superhero Nutrition. And so, um, so when I uh, started working out myself, I, you know, people would tell me, oh, you're going to feel something in your shoulders. You're going to feel something in your triceps. And I always didn't feel the exercise where I'm told I'm supposed to feel it. And when I started working out, I started noticing I was overdeveloping one part of my body, underdeveloping something else. It wasn't looking the way I wanted to look. So I get invited to see this doctor who was performing infrared uh, tests on patients that had had injuries in muscles. And somebody thought, oh, wow, you're into working out. Now, we're talking back in the 80s. Right. So you're into working out. Uh, you might be interested in this. So I was like, okay. So I went to visit him, and I watched. And he said, see this guy's muscles? When he first had the injury, blood flowed like this. Now, since his injury's gone, look at the blood flow here. And he showed me different things that they did with them and techniques to get this to happen. I said to him, I work out all the time. My shoulders, for example. When I work out my shoulders, I only feel the front part of my shoulder. I don't feel anything there in the back or anything. And I've realized that if you look at yourself in a picture in a mirror, I was overdeveloped here. So I was kind of pulled forward. I go, so I created a bunch of exercises for myself, for myself to do to see if I could balance out my shoulders. And I said, I created this thing called W shoulders, where you put your elbows in and then you go out in a W fashion. I don't know if you can see, but it's out okay. like that. Mm -hmm. So you go up and you don't go over your head, right to the top of your head and down. And everybody else did this. Yeah. Well, we put, we put this one under the infrared. And sure enough, the front of my shoulder went red. My tricep went red and my lat went red. He goes, oh, that's really interesting. Let's try the other one you came up with. So we do the W shoulder. Boom. The entire shoulder goes red. The tricep goes blue and the lat goes blue. He goes, I go, and that I feel all over. He goes, that's because the blood's flowing all over. And that's where I felt mm. it. So then I came up with other exercises, like for the back of your arm, your tricep. Everybody does a kickback straight yeah. back like that. 
Okay. Yeah. Well, what we don't realize is the inner part of your tricep usually takes over. And when that happens, you have an outer head and an inner head. And if the inner head takes over, it will push the arm out and it'll make the arm look thick. We want to separate the outer head from the inner head to make the arm look leaner. And so I came up with something called kickbacks with a twist. And we did the same thing. We put under the infrared. The first one, the inside went really red, the outside a little red. Then we came up with kickbacks with a twist, which is straight back and then you turn. Turn back, come down, then go up again and turn the other way. That started to separate out the tricep more. And then he goes, look at that. That one completely red, inside, outside. So I started to balancing out the body like that. And I started creating a lot of exercises. And then what happened when uh, I got certified, then I started training people in my creation, like what I started creating. And all of a sudden, I had a figure skater make an Olympic team. I had other people do other things. And somebody said to me, you got to write a book about this. And so then they hooked me up with an agent. And the next thing you know, out comes Hot Point Fitness and it ends up number one. It was so cool. the, yeah, it was really cool. So, so that's how I started all this. That's amazing. And it's so funny how just like one little change in so many aspects, you can apply that to anything in life, right? Like one little change will set you yeah. apart and be what, you know, kind of catapults you. Yeah, it changes. And you always have to be looking and understanding and being truthful with yourself. You have to look yeah. at yourself and go, what am I looking at? What am I trying to, because we don't see ourselves very well. And that's, you know, I have people come in the gym, they go, I am so this and I am so that. And I'm like, oh, you are so wrong. You see yourself horrible or you see, your, you know, you got the people that see themselves horrible and they're great. And the people that see themselves great. And it's like, that's so great. <laughs> you know, we can, we can work on things. I always want to be yeah. the person. I wish I had that in me where I was like, <laughs> everything's great. I'm always so picking apart myself. So we're usually our own worst critics though, right? Yes. Usually. Yeah. Usually. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, the way that you're talking about it, how, you have really just set off such an amazing career. There is such distrust in this billion dollar fitness and diet industry and everything, right? And yeah. like I said, I read your book and it just spoke to me so differently than every other book that honestly arrives at my door and I end up tossing it because it just doesn't, I'm like there's no way I could apply that to my life. So I appreciated every word that I read in there and you really are making, at least seemingly, making a program that is super, super sustainable. Talk to me a little yeah. bit about how you're putting this, these programs out with that in mind. Well, the whole thing is, let's be realistic. You're a mom. How do you navigate this stuff? Um, I've done all the homework, basically. Um, I've owned a gym for over 30 years. I've done these makeovers for over 30 years. I, I, and they're all over. I started on, on the TV show Extra doing uh, celebrity makeovers there. Then I ended up 10 years on the Today Show being their, on, uh, their on-air fitness expert. Mm -hmm. And so I would fly from LA to New York and I would do that every two to three weeks for, for 10 years. And then out of the blue comes uh, BuzzFeed asking me to reproduce what I did with uh, Chris Evans. Yeah. Uh, back years ago on the TV show Extra. Can I do that with a regular person? And can they film the whole thing? Like documentary style. So and cool. I said, 
absolutely. Like, bring the cameras in. Yeah. You know, it's a regular camera. This isn't some film set, and let's do right. it. And so we did it, and the, the, the uh, BuzzFeed thing, it's on YouTube. It's called We Train Like Superheroes for 30 Days. That video is now at, I think, 34 million views plus, and it just documented how we did this. And so then I've subsequently done many more of these because other people wanted to do it. Uh, they wanted to do something with Victoria's Secret and this and that. So yeah. I did all these different makeovers and it's different YouTubers, different, uh, different people have all come out with all these great results. And we've been able to document it, unlike people with a picture where you can paint it over. This, right. is, this is video. Right. So with timestamps, with everything. And That's amazing. The, and so the concept is you don't have to lift heavy weights. People make that mistake. You don't have to go and, and eat every two to three hours. When, so I've done every nutrition program known to man because I've always tried to figure it out. As I started getting a little older, I started realizing that I, I'm needing to work out longer to get the results I want to get. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden, I started delving in more and more and more to this whole thing uh, with insulin. And I wrote in a book like 12 years ago, don't eat two hours prior to your workout. Hmm. And, and the reason why is when we eat prior to our workouts, our insulin levels go up. Well, when our insulin levels go up, it's about a two-hour period till they come down. What happens is we cannot use fat for energy during our workout. You cannot, when your insulin level is elevated, have your body burn fat. I was like, oh my gosh. I would always take something before I worked out so I would have more energy. Right. And then I realized, wait a second. I'm not burning any fat. That's why I had to work out longer. So at the two-hour mark, I was finally burning fat. So I would work out three hours and I would yeah. get everything done in terms of fat burning in that third hour is what I realized. So then I cut it back and got rid of, I ate, the last thing I ate was two hours prior to the workout and then my workouts became one hour. And I was like, whoa, okay, interesting. Then I started realizing we eat too much during the day. If you go back to the 70s, in the 70s, People ate breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Nobody right. was allowed to snack. That was not a thing. <laughs> we ate like crap. We ate yeah. French fries and burgers and milkshakes. But guess what? This country wasn't fat. We were a skinny country. That's true. Okay. Now we are told snack foods. Always have good snacks. Eat six, seven, eight times a day. Never be hungry. We are currently the fattest country in the world. And I'm not talking looks-wise. I'm talking health-wise. Health, right. And it, it is not healthy for our cholesterol to be up. We have more, more heart disease than we've ever had before. Mm -hmm. uh, diabetes is through the roof. And diabetes we cause. You know, there's two types of diabetes. One is genetic. We just happen to get it. And it, that, that's unfortunate. There's the other one that we cause because what we do is we're eating all the time. So our insulin starts to get insulin unsensitive. Hmm. 
every time we eat, our insulin levels go up the two hours prior to the workout. Well, it's like anything. If I keep telling you the same thing over and over and over again, you're going to get bored. If I keep calling the insulin to come out all the time because I'm always eating, it's going to get a little bored. It's really what happens. So then instead of let's pretend a hundred insulin things come out to do their job, you need 200. You need to double it because it's not doing the job. It's getting a little tired of us constantly calling upon the insulin to do its work. So then I came up with a strategy where you only eat two, maybe three times a day. That's it. And you space it out. And I break it all down in the book, how you space it out, how it works, so how you're not hungry in between meals. And that, that becomes really like you have to really figure it out for yourself. But when we're doing that, we're spacing out our times. And so then our insulin is not active all the time. And when we eat something, the insulin's like, I'm on it. Okay, I'm going to come do our work. And that's right. really what's really cool about the program. That's why people get an instant, first of all, sensation of energy. Because when you're digesting food all the time, we're not energetic, we're tired. And right. when we eat too much sugar, too much processed foods, what happens, our insulin doesn't go up, it goes way, way up. And when it comes down, instead of flattening down to a zero evenly, when it's sugar and stuff like that, that sends it so far up, it goes below, below wow. the zero. Wow. And when we go below, our body then gets hungry. And then because we're, we want to bring our energy back up. And so we think by eating, it's going to bring our energy back up. So now we become this yo-yo person where we're mm -hmm. eating, then getting hungry again, then getting hungry again. And so we're constantly chasing this hunger. And so it's really important to get the meals under control, balance them out, like I tell you in the book. So this way we're not hungry in between meals. And also get enough water. Mm. Water is super important. We, our body doesn't know the difference between hunger pain and thirst pain. It's the same. We feel the same. So if we're not drinking enough water every day, then our body is going to feel hungry. And really what we are is thirsty. Most of the time, take a glass of water, 12 ounces of water, drink it, and go be busy. I bet you your hunger pain goes away in a few minutes. Right. You don't even think about it. And the way you figure out how much water you should be bring, drinking nice. a day Take your body weight, cut it in half, and that's the amount of ounces you drink of water per day. Okay. All so. right. I, I was actually going to ask you that question because I, in your book, I think it says, you know, at least two liters and then depending, I've heard the, the weight in ounces theory as well. So I'm glad you mm -hmm. clarified that. Yeah. What I think is really amazing to me and why I, again, why I feel like this speaks really well to me is for the past two years, I've been following a ketogenic, low-carb lifestyle. And right now, I mean, keto is everywhere. Um, I, I definitely adopted it. It's definitely a lifestyle, but I'm getting stuck. I'm getting bored. I'm getting... Um, I'm starting to question a lot, to be honest, where, you know, how is it that replacing sugars with artificial sweeteners is the right thing to do with these, you know, different replacements, super high saturated fats and things like that, which I appreciated learning more about in the book. So I'm curious if you can give me some insights. And a lot of my followers actually 
follow my keto journey as well. How mm. is it that we can easily transition from a ketogenic diet to something that's more focused on the low glycemic index like you talk about in the book? Well, so you, so my book's broken up into two different parts. You've got the timing of everything, and then you have actually what you eat. Yep. Timing is number one. That's why I say in my book, you can be vegetarian, you can be keto, paleo, it doesn't matter. You can make your, what you're doing fit into my program. Yeah. So timing's number one. Uh, I had somebody kind of very funny uh, just this morning say to me, you know, it's kind of crazy. She was on a, uh, on a trip for 12 days where she just said, you know what, I'm going to eat what I want to eat, but I'm going to stick to the timing. Okay. She came back from Europe and had lost two pounds. She goes, Whoa. It's, it's mind-blowing. And I go, yeah, because, you, because you've done – the timing is actually more important. And she did more walking than she normally does uh, around here. So, so she was able to burn it off. What, the timing is kind of the, the whole magic. Okay. Then comes the uh, then comes what we eat. I, I'm not against paleo. I'm not against any of these things. Not at all. But cool. we have to kind of question certain things. I'm not a big fan, as you can see, of fake sugars. Yeah. Of of those kind of things because they do send our insulin up. Even people go, oh, I'll just put stevia in something or things with no calories. Well. What happens is, and like diet drinks and diet mm -hmm. sodas and diet, everything diet, you, you got to be very careful with diet because what happens with anything that's diet or fake sugar is our body is told, our insulin goes up from that. So our body's waiting for the calories, waiting for the food that it doesn't get. And so our, 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 our mind starts to get a little crazy because we didn't get what we needed. We didn't get what we were promised. And I don't know about a lot of your listeners, but I can tell you a lot of people I deal with yeah. will tell me I, I binged. I couldn't stop. Two days I was good, and then I just couldn't stop my binging. Where did these crazy binges come from? They come a lot of times from diet foods because what happens is you're, you're setting yourself up to crash. Because yeah. you're, you're promising your body this sweet thing, this sweet thing, and your mind has got this in its head that it's getting this, and it never gets it. And then eventually, you're like, I got to have it. And you just yeah. start with like one bite, and the next thing you know, you can't stop eating this ice cream or this candy or whatever it is. Yeah. And it's because you've deprived it and fooled it for so long. And so... The way I like to transition is I would personally get away from those things. I would yeah. bring down my saturated fats. I would bring down my fat levels. I would start to look in bringing in more vegetables, stuff mm -hmm. like that. And so now your carbs might go up a bit, but we're cleaning up a few things. And your mm -hmm. calorie count will probably come down a bit because fats are, there's nine grams of, uh, there's nine calories in one gram of fat. There's four in one gram of carbohydrate, and there's four in one gram of protein. So when you bring down the fats a bit, you can actually eat a little bit more, and you're still capturing the same caloric intake or less. And mm. so you start to figure out, well, maybe I don't need to add butter to this or to these sauces or whatever oils 
that right. I need. I can move out of that, go into a cleaner uh, eating. And still, you can still eat your, your proteins. You can still eat your vegetables. And, you know, if you're anti-grain, okay, be anti-grain. But you got to get your vegetables in there. Um, I like the grains, but uh, I don't like them at the level uh, that, uh, you know, somebody who, who's vegan probably does. You know, so everybody has their own way of making it work, but you can weed, uh, wane off of it and push into a more, what I would call cleaner eating, but maintain what you're doing as the core. That's actually what I think hit me the most was that I took a step back and I realized I was like, what was I doing when I was the most successful on this journey? And it was at the beginning, I feel like, when there weren't as many snack foods labeled keto friendly and there weren't as many you know substitutes or keto shakes and things like that where you start just kind of falling almost to the marketing of it right yeah and it's it's so interesting because now again now that i am on my superhero journey yeah. i am so ready to just get back to basics almost and i i went through because i was a tracker i would track everything that i was eating mm -hmm. and i went back to a year and a half ago in my app and looked I'm like what was i eating because i feel like i was i was never hungry like i'm always hungry now and mm -hmm. i was never you know snacky i was fine with fasting because i was doing you know a 16 8 intermittent fasting and i was fine i was never hungry and snacky throughout mm -hmm. the day and I looked back and I was like, oh my gosh, everything was just so much cleaner. I was just eating, you know, salmon and cauliflower and lean meats. And yeah. I think it was almost like I, I learned too much, <laughs> but yeah. not, not the right, you know, not the basics, like you're teaching in the principles. So I really, really am so excited to kind of just get back to that. Yeah, it's really important that you do look back at that. It's very interesting mm -hmm. because you can sit there and go, oh, my God, I was really successful here. Now, how did I get over here? I, I, I got everything they sell at Whole Foods that says, <laughs> you know, yeah. keto on it. And then uh, and now things are kind of going because at the end of the day, no matter you're eating more calories. Yeah. You know. You're starting to, you know, you'll eat this, oh, little bag of something. Oh, that's 210 calories. If you eat 200 calories more than what your body needs every day for a year, you're going to gain approximately 20 pounds of fat. Oh. 200 <laughs> calories. Our ecosystem is such that that's all it takes on a daily basis, more than what your body needs. So very quickly, if we reduce it, we can start to bring that number down. Mm -hmm. So the way I look at this, as I look at it, it's three parts. We've got workout, we've got nutrition, we have cardio. All three have to be there. It's very hard to get from point A to point B and sustain it without all three. Okay. So, um, and people go, oh, it's all diet, it's all diet. Not true. Because it can be all diet at the beginning. But we have to look at our body after the age of about 18 is something that starts to deteriorate. Our muscles, if we don't push them, get smaller. Well, when people say up your metabolism, up your metabolism, what do they mean by up your metabolism? How do you do that? I mean, how's that happen? Do you know? Do you have any no, idea? I'd love to learn. Okay. <laughs> I, well, you, I'm assuming it has to do with the amount of lean muscle exactly. in your body. Yes. I read so what we have to do, <laughs> Good. You see, she's doing her homework. Um, 
So you have <laughs> to build lean muscle. Lean muscle is how we up our metabolism. The more lean muscle we have, the, the more our body is like an engine. It will burn more calories. So number one for me is to work out and build the lean muscle. Number two, right next to it, is going to be the nutrition. They're right looking at each other. The number three down here is the cardio. Mm. So I created a program called atumobile.com. That allows me to be your trainer anywhere you are in the world, either at your house or your gym, wherever you are, we can do it. You, there's a toggle there that lets you pick. So now I'm going to train you for your body type. So we're going to build that up. Then we do the nutrition. We follow that. And then the cardio falls down here. The reason why I say it falls down there, it's a turbo boost for burning calories. So we want to build the engine for burning calories. We want to feed the muscle, starve the fat, and then use the cardio as a turbo boost for burning calories. So as we're coming down, if we only did the nutrition, you're going to hit a point where you plateau out. You come down 20 pounds, 40 pounds, even 50 pounds, and then you stop. And then all of a sudden, a year later, six months later, whatever the plateau time is for you, you start gaining weight. And you're like, wait, I haven't changed the way I'm eating. I am so structured on how I'm eating. Well, guess what? As you came down, you didn't maintain the muscle you had. So your weight came down, so did your muscle. Your weight came down, so did your muscle. Now, your engine for burning calories got smaller. You used to be a V8. Now you're a moped. And so now the food you're eating, let's say you're eating, let's pretend 1500 calories for the day, 1500 calories when you had this much muscle would burn a lot of fat off. Now when the muscle has been reduced, now 1500 calories is here. Well, you're not burning anything anymore because you haven't been working out. Right. Now you start gaining, and guess what? You gain fat. You don't gain muscle because it's come down. We're not doing anything to build it. Mm -hmm. You see? So that's why it's a three-part program. Now, the cardio, the last part, mm -hmm. that's important but the least important. And I use that a lot for maintenance, meaning okay. if we get to a place we like and we get to where we are and we are doing, let's say, three days a week of workout, and then we're doing three, four, five days a week of cardio. We look at the cardio and we say, okay, um, I like where I am now. I don't want to lose any more. I want to stay where I am. How about if I reduce the cardio a little bit, see if I maintain it. And so then we start to play with the cardio to maintain our weight and our musculature. Mm -hmm. So this way, we, it, you stay with the same food, you stay with the same workout experience, but the cardio is what we use to balance. Got it. It's so interesting how, you know, I think that a lot of people tend to gravitate towards one part or one pillar there, right? And especially mm -hmm. it, yeah. coming out of the year that we just had, I fully admit I purchased one of the very popular stationary bikes. <laughs> and yeah. that's when I realized too that just cardio was not doing it for me. It wasn't getting me the results that I had when I was in the gym training pre-pandemic. And mm -hmm. it's that's why like this all coming together is so great. And I think so important for a lot of people to just hear like 
there's different keys and there's different, um, you know, you almost need the three keys to unlock the door, right? Yeah, exactly. And yeah. you have to be consistent. You have to say to yourself, okay, I'm going to work out Monday, Wednesday, Friday from this time to this time and just make a promise to yourself. You're going to do that. I'm going to do my cardio Tuesday, Thursday, uh, Saturday, from this time to this time. And this is something, it's like brushing your teeth. You just right. have to do it. Yeah. Um, so you want to keep that in your head. That These are promises you're making yourself. And like I say, people go, oh, I'm too busy doing this, and I'm too busy doing that. I hear you. Mm -hmm. Then we're not going to get from point A to point B. But for you to have energy for your life, for work, for your kids, you have to take care of you, number one. So if you run yourself down, then nothing else is going to be so great. We have to take care of number one so we're better at everything else. I mean, when you get on uh, an airplane and they say, hey, if it's coming down and the things drop from the top, put yours on first before yeah. you put your kids in <laughs> Why? Because you have to be good to help them. You can't help them if you're not good. So That's so true. That's so true. Yeah. And I think that there's, there's such a connection to with the mental side of things too, because mm -hmm. there are so many people and myself included where, I mean, and you were just talking about it too. You hit the nail on the head where I, I had family in town. I ate like crap, ate whatever I wanted, whenever mm -hmm. I wanted. And I wasn't keeping up with supplements like I usually do. And I felt so terrible mentally and physically. Mm -hmm. I didn't feel myself. I was super bummed out. Like, and it's crazy how these keys can just help you feel better. And it has to be for you. You can't yeah. be doing this for, you know, someone else, or you can't just be doing it for no. the aesthetic of it. It has to be for you and your, how you're picturing the long run. Yeah. And, you know, I, and I write in all my books, you know, you say the aesthetic actually goes a long way. I have to tell you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Because you, you want to see, you know, uh, people go, I want a six pack. I want to say, you have to have these mental goals. Mental right. goals are huge. And yeah. you've got to set them for yourself and they have to be real. You have to say, okay, I'm going to do this here, or I'm buying these pants and I'm going to fit into them by this point. You've got to give yourself those kind of things. This way you're driving yourself to your goal. And I love don't those feel goals bad. better than like a number goal too. Those are the goals. Yeah. You're right. Visual goals are so much better mm -hmm. than saying like 10 pounds, 15 pounds, 20 pounds. It has to be more visual. Yeah. Now I, it's, it's huge and yeah. visuals, everything because you yeah. really have to see it. And, but also, and I tell you this all the time, take your measurements, mm -hmm. take your body fat test, get on the scale. It's not just the scale. The scale can be really uh, elusive because you lose 10 pounds on the scale. Well, if you lost 10 pounds of muscle on the scale, you're not going to be very happy with the way you right. look. But if you lost 10 pounds of fat, that's different. And we have people that when you start working out with weights, you're going to gain muscle mass. It's lean muscle mass, but muscle, people get confused. A yeah. pound of muscle and a pound of fat weigh the same, one pound. Right. But a pound of muscle takes up about half the size of the pound of fat. So a pound of fat might take up this much room when a pound of muscle takes up this much room. Oh, so that's cool. if you lose one pound of fat, gain one pound of muscle on the scale, it's a zero. You haven't lost anything. Mm -hmm. But you take your, your measurements, oh, right. your waist is a half an inch smaller. Mm -hmm. That then is visually different. Yeah. 
So we have a lot of people that will come and drop 15 pounds of fat, gain 15 pounds of muscle. Nothing happens on the scale, but their three dress sizes smaller. Right. I mean, it's, it's, it's a huge deal. I have a video, which I love. There were three people. And one of the girls, she was a guy and two girls. And one of the girls dropped three dress sizes and gained four pounds on the scale. I go, and the before and afters were night and day. Wow. Who wouldn't give up gaining four pounds on the scale and right. dropping all <laughs> those dress sizes? Right. And it was, and I was so happy because you don't want to be glued to the scale. It's only one third. Like my workouts broken up into three right. parts. The scale is only one of three. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, Akira is asking, where can you go for a body fat test? How, uh, how usually, do you figure that out? Every gym usually can give you one, any okay. gym. And if you don't belong to a gym, you can usually call a gym and ask them if you could pay for a test. A lot of times they'll give it to you just to get you in the door to say hello to sure. you. So, uh, so, you know, that's a, that's a really good way of doing it. Perfect. Well, there, I mean, I don't know if you've seen, but I have a lot of followers who are jumping on board. They're grabbing the book. We are starting right. this together, uh, starting tomorrow. I'm really excited. Excellent. I'm obviously going to be documenting along the way. So mm -hmm. how would you suggest to anyone who's kind of like dabbling and getting ready to start? What are the best ways to set yourself up for success when you're starting one of your programs? Okay. Best way. Number one, pick a day to start. Yeah. And number two, let's go through your refrigerator and to everything in your cabinets. Let's try to get a let's try to get rid of honestly, go donate it, give it to somebody who wants it, get rid of the sugar and get rid of that of the foods that you are going to snack on and the yeah. foods that aren't gonna get us what we want to get. That's number one. Number two. Let's get your workout wardrobe ready. Figure mm -hmm. out what you want to work out in. Really have it set. Like, I got these shirts, these shoes. I got, I got my sneakers. I got my right shorts. I'm ready to go. And have It your... matters. That totally oh, matters for motivation. Here, yeah. And also mm -hmm. saying, I set it out. I set out my workout clothes the night before the day. Mm -hmm. So I already have them. So I'll, put, I'll take them to work. And when I get my break to do my workout, I grab mm -hmm. them and I'm going. So this way, there's no thought process. Keep them in your car. If you're going to the gym, don't forget them. Have an extra set in your car. No excuses of why you couldn't work out today. Um, keep enough water with you. Fill up a bottle of water. And then turn around and say to yourself, okay, I promised myself I'm going to do this, 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 and this. You write it down. Mm -hmm. Also, you'll see in my book, I tell you to know what you're going to eat before the day starts. So the night before, even if you're not making your food, know, okay, today I'm going here for lunch. I'm doing this for dinner. Because when you start guessing, that's when you start getting a little frustrated with yourself and you start, like, grabbing at things. And yeah. then, then promise yourself you're going to keep this separation time. It's, it's these blocks of time that you're not eating. Make sure you have your water. And then simply get your mind ready to go and promise that yourself you'll get through this week and then promise yourself you're going to get through next week and i in every time you get through a week really every workout you should be proud of yourself every set every rep that you finish you've done something positive how many times can you do something positive in a 
24-hour period that makes you feel good. A workout is everything is positive. And when you finish it, you're like, okay, I am, I did that. Yeah. You know, and I did that for me. I did that for everybody around me. Mm-hmm. Because let me tell you, you are such a happier person when you feel good about yourself. It's really all so about true. feeling. Yeah, it's about feeling comfortable in our own bodies. And yeah. that's really what it comes down to. I mean, you, you know the person who feels comfortable in their body. They walk mm-hmm. into an office and they take over the room. Mm-hmm. And that's really what it's all about. It's feeling stand up straight. Put your shoulders back. You walk in and, and, you know, and I teach you guys in the, in the workouts how to actually stand up straight, how to get, you never look good unless you have incredible posture. And that's something, it's a very boring word, but the workouts that I create, create incredible posture. I balance out the workouts so that everything's symmetrical. So nothing's mm-hmm. overdeveloped or underdeveloped. And so when you stand up straight, oh my gosh, you're taller, you're this, my daughters are five two and five two and a half, but they walk into a room like they own it because oh. <laughs> they just stand up straight. Oh, they they're they're little. They're twenty two and twenty three, and they just walk in just like this, <laughs> and it's hilarious because they they have fantastic postures, and that's and they're in great shape. They've worked out because of me their whole life, right. but um, but you know. It's, there's something about somebody that owns themselves. And it, it's, really, it's really empowering when, you're, when you become that person. And that's how I put the whole program together. And get if you're working out at home, get what you need. Uh, on my program, you need three things. Resistance bands, dumbbells, and one of those gym balls. That's okay. it. And you can do it at home. Uh, at the gym, bring your workout towel, bring your, your headphones. A lot of times... Plug it in like this, blocks people out. Yeah. And try not to text while you're working out. This is your time. True. Just really, really, really sit there and go, you know, this is me time. Right. And, and just, just do it. So there have been a lot of questions coming in right now underneath sure. as well as ones that were submitted earlier. So if you don't mind, I'm going to do a little yeah. bit of quick rapid fire. And we'll get some of these questions answered. Um, one of them that just came in from Arlene is how many minutes do you have to do of cardio to kickstart fat loss? Okay. Uh, fat loss starts within five minutes of getting your heart rate up to where you need to be. You're starting to lose fat. Um, I like cardio a minimum just for good heart health, 30 minutes. Now, depending on how much you, I don't like you to do cardio over an hour. An hour is kind of tops for me. Mm-hmm. And some people push it to an hour and 15 minutes. I'm not a big fan of creating your weight loss using cardio. It's, it's a false sense of weight loss because you're just burning down the calories. If you stop doing cardio for two or three days, you're going to start to gain some weight. And it's like, whoa. And so you don't want the cardio to be it. You want to build that muscle so then that's what's burning the, the uh, calories and that the cardio right. we use just as an extra push. I heard, I can't remember, I'm sure you mentioned it in your book, but also if you do like an hour of lifting with weights versus an hour of cardio, your body continues to burn more calories after the workout. Is that right? Yes, absolutely. 100%. That, because so cool. cardio has no residual effect in terms mm. of calorie burn. When you're done doing cardio, 
that's it. Your heart rate drops back down. We're good. Yeah. When we work out with weights, what are we doing? You build no muscle in the gym. Zero. People have a misconception. They're going to make muscle in the gym. No. All we do is we tear muscle in the gym. Mm. We microscopically tear. Now, the next 48 hours, we are building back that muscle we just tore. That takes calories to build that back, to build that back up. So then you residually are burning more calories repairing what we just did. Mm. And so workouts are very important. There's, there's a beginning and a middle and an end to a workout. You can't randomly work out. Because if you randomly work out, you're going to overdevelop one thing, underdevelop something else, miss things, or overdo things. And uh, for anybody that does CrossFit, uh, you guys know that Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, you might be working legs or you might be working back. You right. might be working a certain muscle group that actually should be resting. Mm. And when the way I break it down, I have a three, four, or five-day-week program in ATU Mobile but if you're doing the three-day-a-week program, it's full body every time because we're taking breaks. We're doing, let's say, a Monday, Wednesday, Friday. But if you're doing four days, we're going to do uh, full body over a two-day period. So never to work the same body part in a 48-hour period, then we have a break. So it's all about we make muscle when we're not working out. That's why the nutrition has to be what really on point to help build the muscle. Very so it kind of cool. all comes together. Awesome. Uh, how do you know which weights to use during the program, which I think maybe that goes back to the equipment. It's yeah. going to be kind of broken out when you're following the program, yeah? Yes. And so basically, we st I use resistance bands for the home program and weights. Um, with the weights, you want to start off with light weights. It's not really what's going to be interesting. Since I pre-exhaust muscles, what happens is, let's say I want to target the back of your shoulder because I really want to make that line to separate your arm and make it look really lean. Well, mm -hmm. I may not start off with the back of the shoulder. I may start off with back or triceps or something else to pre-exhaust so this way I isolate this muscle. When I isolate the muscle, and that's what I'm doing, I'm isolating muscle and muscle groups in my program. We use a much lighter weight. We don't use momentum. So for women, three, four, uh, three five-pound weights are usually pretty good to start with. You might have an eight, occasionally a 10 for the upper body. Legs, you can go 10, 15, 20, depending um, if you're doing a squat with a weight or not. Mm -hmm. But the way you pick your weight is let's say you're doing 15 or 20 repetitions for an exercise. The first, let's say 20 reps. The first 15 reps are a warm-up for the last five. It should get really difficult towards the last few reps. If it doesn't, that weight's too light, we go to a heavier. If it's too difficult, midway through, you have too heavy a weight. So I, I tend to use very light weights and sometimes even two-pounders, and people are dying. I've had professional football players do that kickback with a twist. Right. And I go, oh, just take 15s. These are pro players. And they go, oh, I do that with 50 pounds. <laughs> I go, I hear you. Just do me a favor, try it with 15s. And they are burning. I mean, your friend Ryan Stromsborg, who has one of the best bodies known to man, will yeah. tell you, we never lifted heavy. And wow. 
And so it, you do, you have to isolate the muscle. What happens when they're lifting heavy, a lot of times you're recruiting different muscles. And so we're overdeveloping this whole area. And all we really want is this. So if we overdevelop, this all gets thick and we don't get the look we want. So right. it's, it's really about being able to break it down. So heavy weight is really not your top thing. Okay, cool. So it's, let me ask, because here's another question. Uh, how does training a superhero differ from training a supermodel? And I think that that's probably part of it, right? Yes, it, it all has to do with the weights we use, the strategies are, are uh, when you're training a supermodel, it's always 20 reps. That's mm -hmm. always where it's going to be. It's going to be very high reps. When you're training somebody who wants to get a thicker uh, body structure, you might start seeing 10 or, or, or 8 even. But, mm -hmm. uh, you know, and, but you're going to have to subsequently lift heavier weights. So it really becomes about uh, what the look is that we're going for. So, okay. and then I always assume that we all want to be camera ready. So always. in our own lives. So yes. I'm, I always want us to look great 360 degrees. So mm -hmm. it's once again, it gets back to that really boring word, posture. How do we mm -hmm. build this? And especially today, everybody's like you know, every this on their phone. Every time you say it makes me want to stand up. Stand up, <laughs> yes. And so that's the big thing. How do we do that? And that's what mm -hmm. my program does for you. Awesome. Uh, another question that came in is, are there any vegan proteins that you would recommend? Uh, there are. I'm not personally vegan, so I don't take them. So I don't recommend them uh, in terms of which one tastes good and which one is the best. Mm -hmm. But there are plenty. And you can look on the different vegan websites. And if you have a question, you can go to info at atumobile.com and you can shoot okay. me an email and I can look over it. You can send me a picture and I'll get to it and, and let you know what I think of it. We got to look for awesome. low, low sugar. Okay. Mm -hmm. Anything more than one gram of sugar, I wouldn't opt for it. Yeah. Uh, it's so funny. So I did my pantry clean out and fridge clean out this weekend. Yesterday I went and did my grocery shopping and I'm so used to looking at labels and trying to figure out the net carbs in my head, right, from my keto yeah. world. And yeah. I realize now, like, it was a lot easier because all I did was just look and see any added sugar, yes or no, put it back. Yep. <laughs> That's yes. And it was, it was so much easier and kind of liberating, to be honest. You just kind of look for the more whole foods that you know are real nutritious foods mm -hmm. that likely no one's adding sugar to. And exactly. it made the, the shopping process a lot easier. <laughs> Look, if you stay to the outside of a market, yes. you're going to be okay. It's the aisles yep. that are killer. Yep. Uh, one question that came in, which um, is from someone who's doing the superhero group with me, is she has an apple allergy. So wanted to know about an alternative to the apple cider vinegar uh, before meals. Uh, there's no alternative to it. Uh, just don't use it. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, there's no alternative. If there was, I would. I've already said it. Um, yep. So uh, I, I would have already given it out. There, there, apple cider vinegar is kind of a miracle thing, and I explained I'm it in to depth. Start that. Yeah. Yeah, but I'm remember, don't ever drink that straight. Okay, Diluted. Some people one do ounce. It. See, I read my book. One ounce of apple cider vinegar with twelve ounces of water. Yes. 
Yes. Um, a question. One tablespoon, for, not, not uh, one tablespoon. Yeah. Yeah, one tablespoon yeah, with 12 yeah. ounces of water, yeah? Yes, okay. yes. Um, an ab workout after C-sections or a hysterectomy? Okay, yes. Soon as you are cleared, mm -hmm. if you go uh, into ATU Mobile, there's an ab exercise called secret sit-ups. And it will be, it's the sit-up that you use. And email me, because I will walk you through it. Um, it's, and what happens is when you get a C-section, they separate out the muscles. And abs are all about breathing. Mm -hmm. Just when you're doing an ab exercise, it doesn't matter what ab exercise you're doing. When you see people in the gym going, wow, wow, really fast, they're doing it wrong. Oh. You have to breathe out, pull your abs in, and then do the contraction. If you are not breathing out and pulling your abs in, when you do the contraction, you're actually pushing your abs out. You're distending them. So wow. C-section, no C-section. Breathe out, pull in, then go. You will be burning. You might say, oh, I can do 50 crunches. Do 10 like that. You tell me if you now feel your abs. Because we, by breathing out, we got to give our abs somewhere to go. And so by breathing out, they come in. And it's a technique that you have to do over and over and over again till your body gets used to it. And the other mm -hmm. thing is, do abs at the end of your workout. Never in the beginning, never in the middle only at the end. And don't do like an exercise in abs, an exercise in abs. Abs are the only thing that protect our back. If we pre-exhaust oh. the abs, we leave our back susceptible to injury. You might tweak your back during the workout and not feel it till the next day. Sometimes mm. people get up and like, oh, my back. Yeah, because you actually asked for it by doing the um, ab exercise in the beginning. Early so, on. That's, yeah, that's, all right. That's awesome. 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 All right. Well, we are, you have been, first of all, amazing. And you've given me so much of your time. Thank you for that. You're welcome. Um, I am really excited, obviously, to start my own journey, but you are so grateful. You are going to actually do a little bit of a giveaway with me. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. All right. Absolutely. So for those of you who are watching, whether you're watching live or you're watching on a replay, we are going to host a giveaway where, go ahead, Steve, what are we going to give them? I don't remember what we said. <laughs> what did we say? We're going to give them, we're going to send out Superhero Nutrition to them, but also yeah. oh, a, um, go ahead. A free month of atumobile.com. Yes. 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 So even though you are not, you know, you're not at everyone's disposal in their gym or in their home, they can be, you are on their phone and you're yep. going to help train one lucky winner with a month of ATU. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. And so basically, I become your trainer at the gym or your house. I tell you what exercises, what order, and the order is everything in my program. And you'll see, you just go through the program, and it's like me training you. I created it because I have so many clients who go on movie sets, and they're like, well, what do I do? I'm in Africa. You're going to be sleeping. We can't Zoom. And so this is where this came from. And I've worked on it for four years. We released it last year and it's really grown and it's, it's really very, very cool. And it's, and people have been using it all over the world. So it's, it's really been fun because I get messages from people anywhere at, at any hour of the day.
telling me, oh, look at me doing this in my, in my gym in Hong Kong <laughs> or here, I mean, in Russia even. I mean, it's crazy. It's been very cool. Awesome. Well, someone's going to get a month to go ahead and start their super yes. hero journey. The way to enter, uh, once this gets posted over on IGTV, go ahead and comment with who your favorite superhero is. And that's how we're going to pick the winner. We'll, we'll randomly pick it with all the, the uh, superhero names <laughs> on the Terrific. bottom there. Very cool. So, yeah. Steve, thank you so much. I can't wait to share my journey with you too and use your guidance, use your app and the website. I am signing up myself. So very cool. I appreciate every minute you've given us. Thank okay. you. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me. I really appreciate it. And everybody have we'll a safe you. day. All right. Bye, everyone. I'll Take see care. you next time. Bye. Thanks so much for taking the time to listen to today's show. If you like what you hear, take a minute to rate and review the episode. But better yet, it would mean the world to me if you shared this with someone else. Share on Instagram in your stories and be sure to tag me at Once Upon a Pots so I can give you some love right back. Stay tuned for more podcast episodes or see what's happening daily over on Instagram. You can find me there at Once Upon a Pots. I'll see you real soon.